Hello and welcome to Anime Ichiban. It's our podcast on Goomba Stump, and uh, here is a new episode today. Hooray! It's going to be a good time. Uh, Matt and Kyle are dealing with post-Thanksgiving food comas. Uh, I'm English, so we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. We're not thankful for very much, so uh, we leave it. But Matt and Kyle aren't in the best of places right now. Uh, we'll start. No, with we're we're, so we're in the dirty. absolute best of <laughs> we're, places. We're, we're in the best and worst place at the same the time. The best and worst <laughs> places. Yeah. Okay, so elaborate. Like, sorry if I got it wrong. Matt, how do you feel? Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> Basically, I flew from the East Coast to the West Coast uh, to see my family on Thursday. And that's a six and a half hour flight. And no sooner than I landed did I get whisked away to see my family members on my dad's side. And just like interact with family they haven't seen over a year. Like, oh, oh, okay. And now eat lots and lots of food. Like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, sure. And then (laughs) I just did. And then I lost all my energy. And then I crashed. And then yesterday... I met with my mom's side of the family. We had all-you-can-eat barbe- uh, Korean barbecue. Oh. And so that's another kind of food coma. And so, yeah, it's just been lots and lots of food and crammed into the past 48 hours, which isn't a bad thing. But, <laughs> oh, man, I'm definitely feeling lackadaisical on this fine Pacific morning. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being absolutely perfect and 1 being not at all, how ready are you to record a podcast? How good are you right now with the state you're in at recording? I would say plus minus 10. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm 100% ready and not ready all at the same time. So I think to to expound upon that, I think... You're going to get a very engaged Kyle and Matt, but you're going to get a very different Kyle and Matt. That's a reasonable assumption. Yeah, because on my end, I am. I had Friendsgiving, which is I had we had uh, two of our friends fly out here to Washington, and we're just holding up in a friend's apartment and playing board games and watching movies. And, and where are you spent, recording from right now? I'm recording from my friend's front porch. Oh, you moved because, to the porch, that's right. Never yeah, mind. I moved to the porch because he has an apartment uh, that does not really have, like, sectioned off areas except for the bathroom. And considering it's 10 a.m., I don't want to risk having to block people out from emptying themselves of delicious food first thing in the morning, which is what I did. So I am feeling great. <laughs> I am... I'm good. I'm good. That, well, that word. <laughs> I, I, good. I was gonna That's ask also you, good. Why is your voice a semitone lower than normal, Kyle? What is it? It is. Um, it is most definitely oh, no. lower. It's a little. I bit thought deeper. you were being considerate of your friends, uh, maybe sleeping, but no. This. I don't know. We'll have to revisit this some other time. But if this is not how I sound, I don't know. I don't know how I sound. Maybe your voice is finally breaking and you're becoming a big boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you think the other testicle is going to drop? Maybe. <laughs> I'm so yeah. happy. I'll be a real boy. Finally. You've been waiting all these years. <laughs> oh. So so for me, uh, I obviously, I've not been eating too much. Uh, I've, I'm home alone this weekend and I've got a few ready-made meals I've just been eating as and when I need to. Uh, but what I've been unhappy with is this week, 
I've realised how much I hate the internet and negativity has gotten on top of me. And I've, I've oh, gone no. into a bit of a rut. So you guys are, are kind of physically going through the mill. I've just realised how negative the internet is this week. And it's it's really kind of played You've just... in my mind. Well, <laughs> I've always known, but it just kind of hit me this week how unhappy uh, it's making yeah. me. So I'd, I'd go online, I'd, uh, I'd go on Twitter and there'd be like a celebrity who's getting absolutely slammed for saying the word coloured or something. And it is like, okay. And then you, you go over and there's an article about a woman who's been raped and murdered. And it's like, well, that's kind of, that's pretty horrible to know. And then mm. there's an article linked from that of a dog that's been kicked to death. And then you go to YouTube and worst of all, Logan Paul will be on trending. And it's just, you just kind of realise everywhere you go on the internet is just negative in some form. Um, unless you surround yourself with purely positive things, but that's pretty difficult. Um, so it kind of just finally hit me this week. Uh, and that kind of combines with the fact that it's really cold over here. It's kind of come into winter. It's getting dark at like half Ooh. three. And I, I just feel like my mood is really soured because of the weather. Um, up until this year, I've always been deciding like, do I, which one do I prefer? Do I prefer like the heat of the summer or the cold of the winter? Because I don't like either. But I was thinking, nah, like the, the winter's better. You can wrap up warm. And I was kind of going on with that. But I realised I fucking hate weather. I don't like any <laughs> of it. I don't like the summer. I don't like the winter. But kind of the autumn, spring, like that's all good. But those like more extreme seasons, I just can't deal with it. So I'm all good. I'm, I'm wrapped up in bed right now. I'm pretty cosy. I'm all good generally. But my mood is just pretty sour. I hate life right now. Uh, oh, so I no. thought, let's record a podcast. <laughs> of course, that's tell, a peak tell of those the world. emotions. Yes, <laughs> my emotions are all over the place. So I want to tell the world how I feel. Well, see, but, what you uh, got to do is you just got to develop a, a callous outer shell so that nothing phases you, and you're completely desensitized to anything that you see. So yeah, you don't feel yeah. anything. That's really yeah. hard for somebody who has empathy. And, and that's the no. matter. Like, yeah. that's why these things upset me. And I'm sure you guys too. We all have empathy as individuals. Um, I kind of wish I was a politician in the sense of then I wouldn't have to have empathy or care for people. And I could just destroy communities. I think it works um, the other way around. <laughs> I don't think... You, well, maybe you lose empathy when you become a politician. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a politician. What do I know? I'm not, but I'm sure politicians could go online and look at all these horrible things and not feel a flicker of emotion. And maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's what I need in my life. I need to join Theresa May's cabinet or, or Donald Trump's kind of posse and maybe I'll feel better. But Today oh. on Politics Ichiban, <laughs> we talk about the current state of affairs with the GOP. <laughs> what have you guys been watching anime-wise recently? <laughs> Oh, going on to going away from the politics. Actual topic. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll start off on that then. So beyond all the currently airing stuff that we all already talked about before, I I picked up a show a week or two ago called El Cazador de la Bruja, which Ooh, I'm sorry, yes, that is that is not Japanese. That is indeed Spanish. Rolls oh, off yeah. the tongue. Yes, and it means the uh, castle of the witch, and it's such an strange show in that it takes place in what I can only assume is present-day Mexico. All the main, all the characters except the main characters look Mexican. Uh, it has huh. some of the derpest looking faces I've ever seen. It has 
a weird like sci-fi kick to it that may or may not be in place and it has music done by yuki kajira of like madoka fate uh sort of online fame what is this show doing this like western like uh harmonica violin music it's it's so weird it is so weird and yet it all kind of comes together in this beautiful way (laughs) and (laughs) i've been enjoying it a lot the basic premise is that you have this female bounty hunter who is protecting this girl who has these witch powers that she can't control these witch powers allows this girl named Ellis to kind of control the world. She can light things on fire. She can um, put things out. She can basically manipulate matter. And it's just them kind of traveling across, again, why I can only assume it's Mexico. They never say it flat out, but they use pesos. So (laughs) Uh, traveling through Mexico to find this location that will hopefully elucidate uh, Ellis's powers. And along the way, there's all these other people are out to get Ellis in control as well. And just the bond that forms between Ellis and the bounty hunter Nadia is really well written. And it's very natural across the course of these 24 episodes because Ellis starts off very emotionless. But then the way she starts to gain emotions, it's not super sudden. There's no like epiphany moments, I feel like. it's There's just little moments where she'll show emotion and you're just like, oh, wow, that's that feels natural. And I've been enjoying it a lot and I'm almost done with it. Woo. Good times. And Kyle, mm-hmm. what have you been watching? I haven't been watching anime, unfortunately. Um, oh, I need to, <laughs> well, I need to get back on that. There are a lot of good shows this season, and I've seen a lot of screen caps from Bunny Girl Senpai, and I really need to get back into that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as what my eyeballs have in, been ingesting, not, not anime, but I watched the new season of Narcos. Um, oh, yeah. You were, uh, you were, co- uh, blah, 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 commenting on that yeah yeah uh it's it's not it's not bad but it's not like great either so that's i don't know it, it feels weird to like be i can't remember the last time i was watching a series and like thought three seasons of it were so fantastic like nine out of ten ten out of ten and then we get to this new one that's just kind of okay it's like I don't is, know is, is how this to feel about series, it. Ben? Is this a series, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's a spin-off series that takes place in Mexico. Oh, which Mexico is, again. Yeah, hey, man, going. more Mexico. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been watching a. There's just been like a lot of cowboy and South American stuff happening this month. Oh yeah, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption too. On top of all of that, so. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think yeah, but... the problem with Narcos is like it goes really well and it establishes a theme, but then towards the end, an alien fleet called Verm appear out of nowhere, and uh, oh it's God. a huge plot twist. And it's uh... <laughs> terrible. And I was really getting attached to the little pink-haired dinosaur drug dealer lady. She was great, <laughs> and then they just turn her into a wooden doll. Mm. <laughs> it's horrible don't make me live through that again i'm still upset over it I, like i i tried to get into Gridman, and i'm like ah, i i can't I've, i can't get my heart oh, broken okay. by trigger again oh, okay so you, you dropped it back because I, you told me how you started up and how you were into it I, I started it i was interested but it's it it has the same like start as frank's where it's like here's a few interesting episodes 
but we're triggered. You don't know what the fuck we're going to do. So I, I'm going to wait till the series is done and see how salty people are. Then I'll know whether or not to invest in it. Because it looks interesting enough with the first three or four episodes. But I'm not going to go down that crazy rabbit hole again. So it's not that I'm not happy. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting show. Um, there's not really much happening and I really hate when people use the excuse, oh, but it's tokusatsu, it's the genre. It's, no, fucking idiots. Dumbass. <laughs> Goons. Just because something was originally like made for kids and made to be dumb and digestible doesn't mean this has to be. Especially when you have a high-profile studio like Trigger handling it, that is not an excuse for them to have just carte blanche bad writing and pacing which i to be fair i i don't think it has terrible writing or pacing yet but i can see how this can be grading if it continues doing what it's been doing right especially when i feel like the slice of life portions of the show are actually Mm -hmm. very strong with the some of the cinematic techniques they use Mm -hmm. and tricks they do with the camera are so so cool and i adore how there's absolutely no music during those scenes it's just like you're in the scene with the characters and it's then a, as soon yeah. as the tokusatsu parts come out, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. I don't so, care. That's, that's interesting because that sounds very similar to Darling in the Franks where the actual yep. characterization of the relationships and the dialogue was fantastic. Um, and the animation was solid. Like all of the actual visual side of the show was awesome, but it kind of suffered in the pace. And not so much the pacing, but the plot more so. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I'm like, I'm going to hold off until like, a few more episodes of Gridman come out and I see how people react to that because my issue with Trigger has always been, all right, you got me hooked in for six episodes and oh my God, these next six, what are you doing to me, Trigger? Please give me back a good show. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, Grid- Gridman's, Gridman, if you like, like popcorn action with, a couple quality waifus. Yeah, it's pretty all right. There's only one quality waifu in that show. Oh, wow. I mean, she's all and over the internet. Shots fired. It's yeah. me. I am a quality <laughs> Yes, waifu. Harry, you are. You Harry, are do you have absolutely I buxom am, thighs? I am the waifu of the anime Ichiban podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note... Um, so you you were talking about narcos. Uh, this wasn't one of our topics, but I'm going to spring it on you. Surprise. Oh my god! So uh, narcos is of course a live action show, and uh, anime is a not live action thing. What, what would you say? Yeah, it is. Believe it or not, it is not live action. So what would you personally say, both of you, are the benefits of live action TV shows for you know like Game of Thrones or Narcos or Breaking Bad or whatever? I mean, um, what are the benefits and the negatives against anime as a in medium? A, in How a bit of an interesting coincidence line, uh, just an interesting thing to note here is the thing that Matt was talking about specifically with Gridman and what I think it's, aside from the action, is its strongest point is how it frames a lot of its scenes because the way it sets all of it up... Uh, the way certain things are framed and characters within the context of the environment and the fact that, yeah, no music gets played, it's a, it gives it a very grounded effect. Um, so that's what I would say live action offers over animation is there is a far greater sense of realism and grounding in the sense that you can feel 
the reality and the weight of the things happening on screen. Um, mm. Which there are, you know, there, to be fair, there are a lot of like animation in series that do that. Um, but I think by having live action, it's easier for the audience to suspend their disbelief that you're just see that they're not seeing actors, but they're seeing things happening on screen. Yeah. It's about like just kind of like drawing people in and having that realism of what you're watching can actually happen. Yeah. So um, for example, I, I would say like, a, I mean, aside from the writing part of it, like a bad live action adaptation was ghost in the shell. Um, yeah. Just because it, it was very clean it was a very clean mm-hmm. cut representation of a very dirty and grimy and lived in world. Uh, so mm-hmm. in that sense, the original movie felt far more realistic just because I could believe that that world existed outside what I was seeing on screen. Yeah. We're getting interesting bits of background noise, by the way. I don't know if this will come through on the recording. Yeah, it's a car. Like in... Oh, right. It's nice. A little bit of kind of background foley. I like it. Um, yeah, it's weird because for me, I don't watch that many live action shows really. Um, and part of the reason is I love escapism in whatever entertainment I digest. Uh, it's why like when I play video games, I often will play more like kind of fantasy driven games like Zelda, for example. Uh, and I love anime because I love how much it provides escapism. I love that it isn't at all realistic and mm-hmm. it's so far removed from reality. But I know for a lot of people, that's kind of like the opposite of what they want. And they want to remain grounded in the real world. Well, I don't necessarily know if, like, I want one or the other, but I appreciate both. So, for example, if you look at something like Yojo Senki or the Saga of Tanya the Evil, like, it's a it's done in an alternate mid-20th century Europe where you have, you know, people fighting in the nuts, like, magic anime Nazis flying around, shooting each other with, like, giant laser beams um but it's all within you know the context of this magical fantasy world war ii setting contrast that with something like um inglorious bastards or uh band of brothers or any other world war ii like realistic quote-unquote movie or series and you have the same setting and pretty much the same premise of let's fight the evil nazis or let's see what happens in that giant battle, but done with different approaches towards realism. So you have Yojo Senki, which is a far more fantastic representation of that premise, and something like Band of Brothers, which is a far more grounded take on it. They're both good, they both have value, um, but you're going into it and getting out of it very different things. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's... Uh... It's, it's really cool to see like the differences between the two mediums and and where they both shine. And it, it right. kind of leads us into a later topic about uh, what anime series we'd like to see adapted as a... No, not in that. No, sorry. other way I'm around. Up the other way around. <laughs> what live action TV shows or movies we'd like to see adapted as an anime. But that's for later. That's a tease for later. Right now, we're talking about our first topic, which is a recommendation from our fellow writer, Brent Middleton on Goomba Stomp. And it is, uh, we're coming into the winter, it's cold, it's miserable, it's sad, we all feel slightly depressed, but Christmas is coming. But to kind of bridge that gap between Christmas and misery, what are the pleasant anime that are kind of winter wrap-up, cosy, pleasant, fun, delightful, charming, happy, 
makes your dad happy, makes your mum happy. Maybe your nan, your nan might like it. She's not felt the same since granddad died. Nan might like it though, but <laughs> uncle definitely likes it. Uncle loves it. They don't call him. This is a lot of requirements here. I, I I had yeah. a list, but I'm I'm starting to chop it down. <laughs> this is a very on. healthy family that of, watches anime together. Yes. So in terms of something that fits that very very specific description, what anime series would you recommend, Matthew? What do you think? All right, Kyle. We're gonna say it on the count of three. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Yurukampu. I really wanted you both to say a different series. <laughs> no, Harry. And to get really upset with each other. Harry, mm-hmm. you just need to melt your cold British heart and open it up to the joys of camping. Yes. So, so. for a cold British person like me, who hates life and hates camping, how? yeah, tell me. So Yurukamp is... Exactly what it sounds like. It's a show about camping. It's specifically uh, fall camping. So not when it's super, super cold outside, but it is getting nice and brisk and chilly. Japan gets some pretty cold weather around the time of year, November, uh, October, I think the show takes place in. And on paper, it just seems like any other Moe Blob show, just like a bunch of cute girls doing cute things. And in practice, it is just another Moe Blob show of cute girls doing cute things. But... (laughs) The difference with this show compared to other ones, though, is that it takes its subject matter and it, it respects its subject matter. It respects that these girls actually are out camping and doing all the necessary precautions and all the necessary techniques. And that translates also into the animation. You get these absolutely gorgeous vistas during the show that have no right being as beautiful as they are for a stupid Moe Blob show. <laughs> and... Just seeing these characters go out to these, they are pre-made campsites. They're not like out in the wild wilderness where they have to survive or anything like that. No, it's it's just a very chill, relaxed show. They just set up their camps. They cook up a pot of hot pot, drink some coffee, and watch the sunrise. And it's just such... And you've watched them huddle up in a blanket. You just want to huddle up in a blanket too. It's such an absolutely comfy show that is the epitome of something you would watch after coming home from like a really stressful day. You just need to completely decompress and unwind. It will yeah. just put you so at ease. And I'm sure Kyle can follow up on I, that. A lot, uh, just every time a new episode would come out, I tell my roommate, Michael, Hey, some hero camp on and grab our blankets, turn the lights off and settle in. And, on top of all of the gorgeous visuals, it does a fantastic job in every regard in establishing tone. Um, so yes. that comes along with the pacing of the comedy, which is very laid back and dry. Um, but it very like it, it it's very banter dry, um, which is very light and casual. There's some, you know, some there's a lot of fun back and forth between the characters uh, who are very well written. Uh, but along with that, and wrapping all of it in a fantastic bow, is the music. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that, yeah. It's a mix of, like, folk and country from, like, a lot of different cultures. Like, there's some Celtic music that comes in sometimes. There's some traditional, like, southwestern or, like, southern 
kind of twangy country. Um, and <clears throat> the director, to your account, uh, he actually made it so that every, I think his criteria was that every campsite that they visited had its own unique track that was written specifically for the mood that it was supposed to evoke. That is so cool. So mm. along with all, everything is very much like, and, and that's why like exactly like Matt says, it's very deceptive because it does look like just another Moe Blob show. But the more you dig into it, the more you can see that everything is very carefully tailored to your experience. And it is just so good and so comfy. And you need to watch it with a blanket wrapped tight around you. Mm-hmm. And we just got that movie in second season. Oh, my God. Good. I, I can't uh, wait. <laughs> more. Right. I'm officially putting it on my uh, Christmas you watch list. To. When my, girl, when my yeah. girlfriend comes over, that's what we'll watch together. Because go. it does sound very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, yeah. That's definitely mm-hmm. the kind of show that you've watched watch with someone yeah, like that for but, sure yeah, and my girlfriend. A, anyone a romantic listening to this, if, show perhaps yeah. a sexy show perhaps oh oh my god oh i like it <laughs> anyways matt yeah if if you if you're listening to this and you decide okay yeah i don't i don't have time to watch a 13 episode show where nothing happens okay fine whatever but at least go listen to the opening theme song for the show oh my god shiny days it will enrich your life like no other it is so incredibly, stupidly, infectiously catchy, and it will be stuck in your head for it's, weeks to come. Yeah, but it's, it's good. so good. It's good. So good. All of it's good. Leave off on that note. But that is uh, that is something. I mean, this will be one of the reasons I would always prefer anime to live action. Live action shows don't have the openings that anime shows have. That is a dirty that- goddamn lie, you limey bastard. <laughs> okay. Okay. What, what's your counter argument to that? Then? Narcos and Game of Thrones. <laughs> But like, Those both have fantastic openings that set oh, the mood with visuals yeah. and music. Are you just talking about like <laughs> seeing cute anime girls running on screen? Because yeah, you're not going to get that obviously, in live action shows. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Game of Thrones, and I've not seen the Narcos opening, but I'm sure it's very good. Yeah, great openings. But like, it, it can't compare to like the Killer Kill openings. Oh, you weeb. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm allowed to be a weeb. I'm on a fucking anime <laughs> podcast. This is the one place where I'll be accepted. All right, all right. Um, anyways, as far as other comfy shows go, um, the interesting thing that uh, comes up with Eurocamp is that, you know, yeah, a large part of it too is just watching them cook really delicious food and seeing them get food comas. Um, I don't know if either of you have watched Sweetness and Lightning. Oh, That yes. is another no, very comfy anime. Um it is a it is a slice of life about a single father uh, taking care of his daughter, and because you know he's busy with work, he doesn't always have like time to cook for her, and he feels really bad that like he has to get her convenience store food like all the time. So there's one night where he's like, okay, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go out. We're gonna get some restaurant food. It'll be great. Um, and they end up befriending uh, the daughter of the restaurant owner who ends up yes. cooking for them. Um, and his daughter his daughter loves it so much that they decide to come back and, uh, you know, make meals for her because they're all friends. And it's great because as the show goes on, it's really just like every episode's about a different dish that they cook. But... 
you see how all of the characters like interact with each other based around like the idea of a family sitting and that is what they become they become a family that you know prepares a meal sits down and enjoys it and each other's company and it's just such a wholesome show that's so delicious to watch and very heartwarming to watch Mm -hmm. and it's interesting too because you see what some of those dishes mean to the characters as well Mm -hmm. i remember there's one episode where they cook a dish that the late wife used to cook for the daughter all the time. And seeing the emotions come forth during that episode, I'm like, okay, I wasn't expecting you to feel things with it's, this show. It's, and emotion- it's, me. it's emotionally yeah. manipulative in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And I also have a friend back home in Boston who he is a single father right now. And mm-hmm. he watched that show with his daughter. Oh, no. It, it resonated with him <laughs> way too hard. Oh, no. And yeah. And so it hit him. He, you, you can imagine. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Just like how. Yeah. So if you're in that situation, this show was tailor made for you. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's a very good show. And it, it's another one of those shows. Um, and really what the trend is with like a lot of these comfy shows is you need to care about the characters um but it, yeah, it's just a very well well written show um mm-hmm. but that's another think, good comfy one i think like shows like that will always be so important going back to what i said earlier about like the internet being such a negative place and just so many pockets of negativity existing in life there will always be demand for just really oh yeah no happy, joke like positive, that's why easygoing shows that's why a huge portion of my watch list is just slice of life shows because Mm. i like how relaxing they are yeah it's very therapeutic this week to cheer myself up i got my wii u out for the first time since i got the switch and uh i was playing wind waker hd which is one of my favorite games ever and uh I've, i've completed it so many times but i was just playing it again because i love being in that world and uh you know, I think there's there's such a great thing about escaping into mm. something you value so much. It, it could be a series you love or a game you love or just some form of entertainment that makes you feel great. Well, and talking, that's so important. talking about a series that could use an anime, I would love to see a Wind Waker anime. That would be so comfy. Just oh, sailing yeah. and such interacting with series. islanders. Oh. That... That would be interesting, but the reason why, like, I never really want to see any kind of Zelda movie or animated adaptation is because I never want Link to speak. You because... don't have to have him speak <laughs> in those adaptations. You can totally get around it. Yeah. Oh, potentially, if he was a silent protagonist, then yeah, I think that'd be fine. But the last time he spoke was uh, in the cartoon, like the American cartoon. Oh, well, Excuse we don't Excuse me, about... princess. <laughs> well, and... <laughs> that's, that, that wasn't Nintendo. And then he... You have the CD Yes. So under Nintendo, as far as I know, he's never spoken. But uh, outside of Nintendo, people have fucked that franchise up. So I I just never want another company other than Nintendo to really handle the Zelda franchise. This is why you got to take risks, though, Harry. Like, who knew that people would enjoy a camping anime? Mm. I, I certainly didn't, hearing about it. Going Who in. knew that combining zombies and idols together would be a good idea? You, you How don't are you finding know Zombieland these Saga? Things <laughs> but yes, that, that is a currently airing anime. Yes. H- How are you finding it, Matt? Are you enjoying it? Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I, 
I wouldn't really consider it a comfy fall anime, but it is blisteringly hilarious. And when I say that, so like I said, it's it combines zombies and idols, which sounds like an absolute train wreck on paper, but in practice, it is so hilarious. So I was a little worried after the third episode when they kind of went a little more in the idol around like, okay, I mean, it's possibly peaked now they're going to go in more of a generic idol direction. That's okay, but it's still kind of funny. But then not the most recent episode, but the last week's episode, I haven't seen the most recent yet, where they just take this idea of these girls being zombies and just run with it. These girls get struck by lightning on stage. And they don't die because they're already dead, but their vocal cords are completely shot. And so they start singing basically an auto tune and shooting oh, out these like electric lasers from their fingers. And it is hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, I've all my fear is clearly unfounded, clearly unfounded oh my with God. that episode. Mm-hmm. I, I was it, the things they do with the whole zombie premise just blows my mind. Like, I, you can never ever predict that. And mm-hmm. Now I'm just, okay, sky's the limit. I'm not worried at all about I, the show. I think I, that's so cool when, when a show can establish this dynamic of anything goes within reason, provided it fits into the universe. Like, no idea is too weird. Right. And that's something I really, really like. And again, going back to the live-action anime discussion, um, as great as live-action can be, I do dislike how restrictive it can be as a movie Okay, so I, I think it depends uh, on how you're approaching that, though, because if you look at something like all those old Mel Brooks movies or airplane movies, those very much don't follow logic, and they have fun with breaking logic and reality. But I don't think you can do it, I guess, in as cartoony or as flashy a way yeah. as anime can, because you're, I, you can draw whatever you want. I suppose I'll I'll emphasize I'm I'm mostly referring to like the kind of the current spate of like live action fifty minute Netflix TV series. I think there was a is, movie, what was it, Swiss Army Man, um, with Dan yeah, Radcliffe, was, where that was like very much not bound by reality. Yeah, um, and I I love when anything does that when anything kind of takes those mm-hmm. risks in terms of its narrative. Uh, yeah. And I feel like you see that quite often with a lot of anime shows. It's one of the reasons why I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I love One Piece. Um, I love My Hero Academia. All because they play with the idea of superpowers and abilities. And I, I guess that's that... just like a limitation of the... Well, what people perceive as a limitation of the medium. Because you'll see like... It was super groundbreaking when Frank Miller uh, wrote The Dark Knight in the 80s. And people were like, whoa, Batman can be serious we thought he was just a dumb cartoon. Um, if you look at it like conversely in the other way around, um, and if you have you know other like live action shows or movies or series, you can be like, oh, this is like hilarious and cartoony. Like I just watched uh, the Netflix Coen Brothers movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and that is a movie that abides by cartoony logic. Um, yeah. So it it's really just I think the perception of the, whatever medium you are putting your thing in uh rather than what is bound i i don't know rather than like what is inherently required of you being in that medium it's all about framing how the show frames its uh its story and depending on how they frame it they can get away with more or less but I do, I do agree with Harry that you can definitely get away with a lot more in anime than uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's it, fair. It feels like writers can just go fucking bonkers 
and actually animating those ideas and manifesting them mm-hmm. is like completely feasible. Whereas for a live action show, it could be done, but it would cost a lot of money and a lot of special effects. That is and to true. Actually make it, to make it look good and to make it look believable, it would be very difficult. Whereas in animation, you can do absolutely fucking anything. You can animate the most bizarre, weird, crazy, eccentric things, and it's completely believable. Because there's no moment of, oh, that screen screened. Okay, oh, well, well then how about CGI. how about this then? If we're looking at something like Eurocamp, which is completely grounded, completely realistic, like what are the benefits of having that as an anime versus having that as just actresses you shot camping? That's an interesting point. I think yeah. uh, I think in the case of live action, there will <clears> never be... This is just me talking, obviously, it's a subjective point, but I think there's never going to be an absolute, complete escapism. Because no matter what you're watching, you will always recognise actors and actresses. You'll always recognise who they are. Um, uh, and you might not in some cases, hmm. but there's always kind of an element of, oh, it's this person in this movie. So you don't quite get that so much in anime. Obviously, you might be like, oh, it's this voice actor. <clears throat> but just hearing someone's voice and equating back to another person isn't the same as actually seeing Okay, well, okay, so let, let's say that this is just a Japanese TV show. I don't know any of the actresses uh, that are going to be in this hypothetical live-action version of Eurocamp. So what I like aside from being animated, like what is what is going to be different in my experience? Right. That? So something that again, I also don't watch too much live action things, but I'll but at the same time, just plain slice of life doesn't really exist in live action from my understanding. You have really? slice of life comedy. That's all over the place for sure. But just these huh. mellow grounded slice of life shows don't really exist in live action. And I think that's because when you, if you were to make just a slice of life with real people at that point, it really is just life. And you can get that walking out yourself. Whereas slice of life works in an anime format because you have that, because you can do those little tricks with the animation. You can have these characters that aren't quite, um, normal, but like a little tweak to them at the same time. When you draw these beautiful pictures, you have these drawn sceneries and whatnot. They take oh, oh, excuse oh, us. Car. Excuse me. There was a, a lot bu- of noise. There was a bus <laughs> going by. Anyway, so, when you have these drawn vistas, uh, it takes on this this level, this beauty that you you don't see in real life. Real life, of course, can ap- be absolutely breathtaking, <laughs> stunning as well. But again, mm. you can see that in real life, <laughs> whereas. Um, when it's drawn, that's something you can't get yourself. That is something, yeah. no matter what you do, no matter where you go in the world, you will not be able to see that same scene. I think that's... So the sheer act of transposing yeah. something from reality into like, an animation or a drawing, that increases its... I don't know, I don't want to say value, but I guess what like it, it changes the experience that you're getting out of it. A good example as well is... Oh, sorry, I'll just say quickly. A good example is uh, Mike mentioned last episode, Your Name. Uh, you've both seen that, haven't mm-hmm. you? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like there are so many shots in that movie where it could just be of an iPhone on a desk, but I'd still think, wow, that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so well drawn. Even a really mundane shot, I still think, fuck me, that looks great. That looks beautiful. Huh. Because you can see the craftsmanship in how it's been drawn. You can see the detail in somebody's uh, work. Well, it was just a shot in an action movie. It might be like, oh, that was nicely framed or the cinematography was good, but that's kind of where it stops. Whereas in animation, there's an extra layer of, wow, there's an extra layer I guess, of impressiveness. Yeah. 
because you're like controlling every single aspect of what you're showing, you can choose to like highlight certain things and make things pop versus like, okay, if you're shooting something in live action, we can like change the lighting here a bit, maybe place things or frame them differently in context. But yeah, I guess there is a little more control over what you're having the viewers see. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just an amazing cacophony of color that you don't get in live action so mm-hmm. much. I, I think like, yeah, as as great as live action is, and it's definitely like, for for realism and for groundedness, it definitely reigns supreme. But I think for escapism, which is why you watch something like Yuru Camp, it is kind of as a form of escapism. It's to to kind of take away from your tough day <clears throat> and to go into this beautiful world that can completely transport you elsewhere. That is something that shines through in anime. Well, then if the uh, benefit of... Okay, so then if the benefit of live action is having something be grounded and realistic, then, well, like you were, we were saying earlier, like what would be a good series that could benefit from being more grounded and realistic? I, mm. I feel like if they had done it right, Ghost in the Shell could have been that, but they didn't. Um, mm. I, I would probably say something like Black Lagoon, if either of you have seen that. Yeah. I've um, seen a live action of that. Ago. No, I'm saying that would be great if there was a live action version of that because it's just about like violent like belligerent mercenaries um pirates being violent belligerent pirate mercenaries and they're great um and i i feel like if you had that in a live action setting you probably i don't know i i I guess i have more trouble seeing something going to live action than i see something going to anime (laughs) Mm. Right, and it's, for something to translate to live action, there there has to already be something inherently in the source material that huh. would appeal to a Western audience. So, for example, Black Lagoon, that's like that. It's got that typical balls to the wall uh, mercenary action that you love to see, like in shows like Take or not shows, movies like Taken or uh, Mission Impossible. Like it has that same. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on an adjective, but that same kind of a- action to it. Whereas when this live action Your Name movie comes out. Oh, God. Like, I don't want I don't, that. I don't want that to exist. Yeah, I don't see <laughs> what... Like, that That movie is brilliant. It just, I don't it just doesn't how, need to be yeah. done. I think if you're going to adapt something into either... But if you're going to take an animated series, but it's fantastic. It doesn't have to be anime. It could be a cartoon, whatever it is. If it's perfectly done as is... If you're going to adapt that into live action, you've got to think, what are we actually adding to it? Why like, why is this a good idea? Is it going to actually be better or different in a good way as live action? And more often than not, it's just no. Like, like all you're going to do is adapt it, but it's not going to add anything to it. It's not going to improve it at all. It's actually going to be a worse version of the original iteration. Well, the I feel like that's always seen from like all of the shonen adaptations on Netflix, like Bleach and FMA. Those are now like, could you take those and if you just bumped up the production quality? Like, I feel like I would be really interested in seeing an actually good adaptation of Bleach, um, or a good adaptation of FMA, where it doesn't look like Ed's just a small Japanese woman in a wig. <laughs> I I just I still don't think like for I've not seen Bleach but with Full Metal Alchemist to to actually to get those special effects and those superpowers looking great um, even with CGI and with great special effects it wouldn't look as good as the animation I, I genuinely believe um, when but you why see these but, but, but like in what way like 
I, I feel like if you like were able to see like the sparks flying and it was well animated and you can see like something a very detailed object transforming into something else that's and the whole process is shot in an interesting way and it pops off the screen with the realism I think you could get a different experience out of that if it's done well the problem mm. is that it's it just hasn't been done well it, I, yeah and I think the issue as well is even if you look at like massive budget Hollywood movies um, that have so much time and investment put into them, there are still shots where you can be like, I can see the green screening there. Yeah. I can see the shoddy special effects. Watch a fucking like Transformers film or like even better films like certain Harry Potter films. There's still moments where you can see bits of green screening um, and you just think these films have fucking humongous Yeah, I mean, you're, you're never going to get away from that. You're, but... you're never going to get away with it. But for Metal Alchemist, every single shot... The special effects are believable because they are perfectly blended with the characters because it's all animated on the same plane. It's all animated in this same right. uh, medium. Whereas when you're taking a live action and then adding special effects to it later, it's it's like two separate things that are trying to be merged together, but it will never be 100%. It will never fully work because you're taking one thing, live action, and adding something else to it, which is special effects. But in anime, you're just taking one thing, animation, and it all goes into that. The characters and the special effects all go together in this form that is animation. So it looks perfect as a result, unless it's badly animated, of course. But we're assuming it's well animated and yeah. that it's done by a good team, in which case it will look perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I it, it, yeah. like the problem really is just that divide between live action, what what is live and what is CGI, and that that gap is shrinking every year. Yeah, um, I just it's just not quite it's, there. It's yet. not quite there. It's, it's, that that'll yeah. be, that's fair. That's fair. And I, th- I this think this is a good segue. It is a very good segue <laughs> into our, I was getting to that <laughs> into our next section, which is uh, there's been loads of uh, live action anime adaptations, but we want to reverse it. What live action franchise do we think could be adapted into? an anime series um and what could work what how would it work what would be good so yeah matt what do you think right and so this this topic was sparked off of recent news that i saw that netflix is creating anime adaptations of pacific rim and altered oh yeah yeah and pacific rim that's kind of a no-brainer that's easy kaiju giant mech battle nonsense that that'll be right at home and anime format altered carbon i haven't seen and i also don't know too much about it do either of you know about that show i have heard people yeah. hated it <laughs> okay um right so I- it's it's very light popcorn cyberpunk which offends a lot of people who get pretty deep into cyberpunk because it brushes the typical like transhuman topics and motifs in the most inane way possible okay well, we have plenty of those in anime too. So, uh, but what when I was thinking about this topic, I actually didn't. I couldn't think of uh, a show or TV or a show or movie. Or oh, actually, before I go into it, other examples of Western series being adapted to anime. There is a Mass Effect anime. I'm sorry. There is an Iron Man anime. Oh, I know there's an and, Iron Man anime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I believe Iron Man anime. Iron Man anime. You can leave now. <laughs> and there's another superhero anime. I forget which one. But obviously, 
no one knows about those. <laughs> because <laughs> I haven't looked into it much, but I'm pretty sure they weren't that great. Yeah. So that a lot of these adaptations we saw we, we were just ranting on anime adaptations, live act live action adaptations. But it's, it hasn't translated all that well in the reverse direction either. Yeah, but if you, obviously if you get a low budget production, it's going to be fucking shit. Yeah. Um, but oh, so what were you going to say, Matt? Right. So when I was one of the shows I'm watching this season is Goblin Slayer, and like I said, that's one of the most it's the most controversial show of the season because of all the violence and whatnot. But as I'm watching it and I'm watching Mr. Goblin Slayer go and slay goblins, I'm thinking it's like, oh wow, like something I do appreciate appreciate about the show is that even though it's goblins each time the scenario is different and a lot of the goblin slayer isn't overpowered his his strength comes from his preparation he scopes things out he knows what to bring he knows how to prepare for things and because of that he's ready for what comes and that reminded me very very greatly of the witcher series Hmm. um because Geralt of Rivia uh he's if, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Witcher series, it started off as a book and it was ad- adapted to video games by CD Projekt Red. Witcher 3 Wild Hunt won Game of the Year in 2015, 2016. Very, very good game. Anyways, the main character Geralt is basically a monster hunter. It takes place in this fancy world where trolls, goblins, dragons, wyverns, all those things exist. And Geralt is kind of this... He's had a procedure done to him that's kind of altered his body. So he has superhuman abilities. He can see in the dark and whatnot. And he's a professional monster slayer. And in the games, especially in the very, very first Witcher, which ironically is my favorite. That's an unpopular oh, wow. opinion. But the first one is my favorite. Um, it's all about the preparation, knowing what monster you're going to fight, crafting the right potions, going out and grabbing, gathering ingredients to craft these potions, drinking the potions so you have an edge in combat. It's not the combat itself. That kind of went away in the later ones. But in the first one, especially, if you didn't have the right potions going into these dungeons or these monster fights, you were going to get wrecked. You were going to get utterly annihilated. And so (laughs) it heavily reminded me of that. And Goblin Slayer and Witcher universe are very, very similar. And the kind of grit and... What's another word? The grit that the Witcher universe has, I feel like, would translate very easily into an anime format. Yeah, especially with these kind of fantastical beasts, they can go get so creative with some of these. It, it almost make it, it almost really reminds fun. me of like the Castlevania animated adaptation. Yeah, uh, yeah. which again, I know mentioned last time. It's not technically an anime, but it, it still is the principle of taking a kind of a fantasy, quite gritty sort of universe and creating mm-hmm. an animated adaptation, and it works. Um, mm-hmm. I I think what is interesting as well, like. And this is where a lot of adaptations annoy me. They just ad- adapt, like, the original story. So mm-hmm. it'll be like, um, you know, for example, they'll adapt Ghost in the Shell, but it will just be the Ghost in the Shell story. But I always think, why not make a new story in this universe? So right. something that I think, for example, would be fantastic. Take Star Wars, a huge universe, so much lore, so much stuff to do. Make an anime adaptation, but don't make it about Luke Skywalker. Don't make it about Yoda. Don't make it about any of that completely new characters completely new story but in the star wars universe i'm pretty sure there is a star wars anime is there it's, got, it's gotta <laughs> be there somewhere there um, mo- there's a star wars anime short film right um i think it was actually pretty well received but yeah it hasn't gone oh, it's because my idea is that. good and i am right <laughs> there you go it go, go look for your, go look for your royalties it, it, 
Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. another example, I think like a Harry Potter anime would work. Any kind of oh, yeah. big fantasy franchise of, of a, a live action series. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Harry Potter is books, um, but then it was live action movies. So if you took a big fantasy franchise and made a different story, don't make it about the main characters. Wait, but Harry, Harry Potter anime is just Little Witch Academia. So when we're talking about things that get like transposed into anime, are we talking about, okay, what if a Japanese studio took this concept and made an anime? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's safe to define because if we're yeah. doing because that's that, what's happening. That's, that's the reverse that's happening. From right. To live action. Right. Right. Okay. So if we're taking that, um, going back to a point that you made earlier, Matt, I actually think there is a quite a, a, a couple good contenders for a slice of life anime um, that is as close to the slice of life live action as you can get. And my candidates would be The Office and Parks and Rec. Ooh. Office would be good. That's, that's basically an adult version, version of working. <laughs> yeah. So, that, yeah, yeah. My, my version of The Office is the UK version. So I've got a very different perspective. Oh, yeah. But a, a, a Japanese iteration of David Brent, or in your case, Michael Scott, I think that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to see how the humor would translate would be quite fascinating. Yeah, but just this idea of like a like slightly offbeat, like core cast of characters that get put in different situations related to their workplace, which, yes, from the sounds of it, I completely forgot that working was a thing. So that sounds like working, <laughs> um, which I guess is also just what, but, but I feel like Parks and Rec might do a better job of translating because it is a little more outlandish and cartoony. So there are already like gags within that style of humor that would work well with an anime. Mm. Right. The thing is, I would, I would love to see what a Japanese animation studio does with those series. But at the same time, if I were, when I imagine those series animated, The Office and Parks and Rec, the first thing I imagine would be like Family Guy style or Simpsons style, like American cartoons. Mm. That's that's right, the kind of humor right. that comes across to me. But to your point, you give that to a Japanese animation studio um, where they have a different sense of humor, then maybe they can. But it's not like. Work something I mean, you, we've even seen from Zombieland Saga, like, Japanese animators aren't completely divorced from a Western sense of humor. Right. I was, uh, I was actually going to say it's, it's interesting because um, I think when it comes to shows like The Office and Parks and Rec, uh, I'm referring to the American Office. I think there are similarities to the Japanese sense of humor. It's very kind of playful and cheery and upbeat and yeah. a little bit sort of silly. That's kind of how it goes. Whereas Family Guy, I think, is uh, for lack for lack of it's a little more gag based. Awful. It's fucking oh, awful. Well, I hate Family. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, there goes our Family Guy endorsement money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think there's occasional moments of, of goodness, but there's a lot that is just fucking terrible. Um, but. I, I think that kind of comedy wouldn't mesh well. And I think if you're taking a more kind of a less crude, more playful style of humor, then that would translate well to Japanese markets, I believe. Yeah. Well, the thing about them too is you, know, you have a strong cast of characters that get developed and have their own quirks and personalities um, that go just beyond being gags or setups for gags. Um, and I feel like people would get very attached to anime versions of Leslie or April. Um, but yeah, those, I don't know. I, that, when I was thinking size of life and like that kind of, like you were saying, cheery, lighthearted humor, I think that like, shows like the office and parks and rec 
get pretty close to that. Right. And the unfortunate thing for this direction as opposed to anime to live action is that for anime to live action, you got Hollywood. Like Hollywood uh-huh. has a lot of clout. They can very easily get licenses for things they want to do and experiment with and they can fail and uh, it'll be okay. Yeah. Whereas on the Japanese animation side, there's no, besides Ghibli, which Ghibli's not going to touch anything Western <laughs> with a 10-foot pole. Like there's not one singular studio that has that capability. It requires uh, yeah. outsiders like Netflix, like Amazon to fund them, to produce for them. And I feel like that limits their potentials because at that point it's not the studios mm. choosing what they want it's netflix or amazon looking is like we think this would make a good anime we're gonna pay you to make this into an anime and the yeah. studios are like well we're getting paid for it already we'll give it our best shot that's but so if, weird are there you gave, like trigger or you gave mappa or you gave uh production production ig pa works kyoto animation all these phenomenal studios if you gave them free reign to adapt any western series mm-hmm. they ever wanted into an anime I, I fucking guarantee you they would make a masterpiece. I guarantee you mm. that a masterpiece would come out of that. We have no way of ever finding okay, out. Okay, okay, sure here we go. Then mind. here we go. Crackpot theory. Then uh, you take any of the any of these studios, any of these Japanese-based studios. Tell them, hey, take your pick of the Western market. Pick a series. What would be the ideal matchup with the studio and which series? Oh. I'm struggling to yeah, think of I like, didn't think that far ahead. I, I'm I'm struggling to think of any good series beyond Star Wars and Harry Potter. And now it's like choose the ideal series for every single choose major it, studio. Choose it. Uh, choose it. I mean, uh, for, for Trigger, okay, it needs to be something that's just oh, oh my god, for Trigger, Avengers, oh my god. It, yeah, it, yeah, potentially it needs to be something with lots of crazy action superpowers. A lot of kind of manic. Can you imagine just like all of the gadgets popping out of Iron Man's bag? Yeah, he's got like five hundred like lasers and missiles just popping out in. If they had a big style, (laughs) yeah, like a Marvel extravaganza, so Avengers. Mm -hmm. If they did that, I think that would be really cool. Um, Yeah, they just need to kind of like take the female characters and have loads of weird fan service peppered throughout there, and they'd be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That'd be standard trigger. Then Um, who else? Madhouse. Uh, oh, Madhouse. Oh, damn. So that would they? need to be something that's just like... I, hmm, Madhouse might be able to do I something mean, like True Detective. I haven't seen True Detective, but if it's what it, it sounds it, it's like... A, yeah, it's a detective that's, noir. Right, that's what it sounds yeah. like. So yeah, that, that could be a... Yeah, Madhouse has... like. Madhouse is most commonly associated with balls of little action, but they have such a wide repertoire of things. Yeah. They are, I, well, they are highly I, honestly, like after watching video. Death Parade, like I want to see them take more like grounded, serious subject matter. They did a place further than the universe. Oh too, my god! That was super, oh my god! Yeah. All right. Also pinning that back so yeah, to they an have, earlier. They this, have such a talented yeah. staff, so they could they could do anything basically. Just give them anything. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Kill Annie gets to make a slice of life of a Western show. Which one? Uh, it's got to have a lot of cute girls. So you have to keep that in mind. Uh, oh, this isn't Kill Annie, but I did think of another Western show that would translate very well to anime. But maybe we'll get to a studio that could do that. What could Kill Annie do? Uh, Adam Sandler's Jack and Jill. Can you stop? Just for like <laughs> five minutes. Can you just. Harry, we're having a serious conversation. Can <laughs> stop? <laughs> Adam Sandler's Big Daddy. <laughs> I'm just... Uh, All right. Hmm. Oh, oh, uh, School School of Rock. 
Oh my god. Well, that's, <laughs> yes. that's Kaon. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then you, so he's just Kaon with Jack Black. Yeah, Jack exactly. Can't possibly go wrong. <laughs> hey, I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Yeah. Jack Buddha. <laughs> He's been in Japanese commercials. Oh I see. my god. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Um, okay, so the show that yes. I just thought that would translate well to anime, uh, Chuck. Have you guys seen that or know no. about it? Chuck. No. I've, I think I've seen the, Is that the one on Netflix? Uh, no, 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 it's, 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 it's an older show back before Netflix existed, so you had to watch it on TV. Okay, uh, what is the premise? So basically, you got Mr. Joe Sh- Schmoes Chuck. He works at uh, Buy More, which is a, a spoof of Best Buy, and he gets embroiled in this kind of spy conspiracy. I forget how, but essentially, he gets this supercomputer planted in his head. And so he has like all the national secrets in his. Oh my bed, god! Uh, all these things, <laughs> and it's un- irremovable. Like they can't take it out. So he's stuck with it. Ooh. And so he has the spy personnel assigned to him to protect him. And because he can't really continue, they can't protect him and do their work. He kind of goes on their missions with them, but he's just like normal guy. And so you got the female sk- spy who's serious but also playful and is the main romantic interest, and then you got the male spy who's also like this hard-ass tight guy who starts working at Biomore with them. And so he's this really uptight. Imagine, oh, um, what's what's a show where you have this uptight guy in the human world trying to work? Uh, but no matter, you get the idea. But it's, mm-hmm. it's this perfect mix of comedy and spy action that I feel like would translate extremely easily to an anime format. Mm-hmm. And if I were to assign a studio for that, I think it would be MAPPA. Because I mean that premise alone the, sounds like it sounds like a really fun trio dynamic, which they already established with Rage of Bahamut. Yeah, exactly. And um, so I think Mappa would be very capable mm-hmm. in that regard. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I, I like that. That sounds good. All right. All right. Well, um, PA Works, who's known for their extremely realistic locations, probably uh, something. Like, Adam Sandler's clip. Oh, can you just? God damn it, Harry. <laughs> I, just stop. Just You're here, and I need you down to here. I, you can't see it, but I just moved we my We can't hand. see your hand. I just moved it down a little okay. bit. Um, Harry, imagine you moved I mean, it off. So okay, so actually, is there like any show in the West that focuses like even live action or animated that just focuses on, on like the city or the setting? Like really well-detailed settings. Because I don't think that's a thing. I think that's yeah. Because I again, think it's like real life. Eastern. You, you don't need to focus on the setting. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, weird. What could it be? Okay, flip flip that on its head. Then instead of a series for PA work specifically, what location would you want them to do? Because it, oh, the mid- oh oh inside Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I've gotten up here and I think it looks great and fantastic um mm-hmm. all the rolling hills and trees is great it's very serene and That's peaceful a good one um but as far as nature yeah there are a lot of really I mean, anywhere in the u.s honestly <laughs> is uh primo landscape no, material well <laughs> i all right so you know to be fair sorry for I, any listeners in pittsburgh i don't know pittsburgh um is it bad <laughs> It's, eh. 
Oh, well. All right. Well, not Pittsburgh then, I guess. Never mind. Sorry, <laughs> Pittsburgh. You're not getting an anime. <laughs> Poor Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, there are lots of very, very unique locations in the U.S. for sure. Like, of course, I have a bias to Boston right now. There's so much. Mm-hmm. There's so much history to it, but also it's a. It's the ideal fusion between modern and history, historical value, especially since I grew up on the West Coast where mm-hmm. there is no history. Oh, that's the yeah, part of yeah, the US. yeah. And then moving all the way to the East Coast, which is the oldest part of the U.S. People was... are very proud of the Revolutionary Era. <laughs> oh, yes, they are. Um, but actually, it's interesting that you bring that up. Because random this point, is always... Just... Yeah? Oh, wait, I'm just going to yeah, mention here? this, a random point. Have either of you guys seen Inuyashiki? I've been meaning to. I haven't. That seen is it. on the it watch is, list. It's pretty cool. So basically, um, it's uh, we were speaking about like American things appearing in anime. At the end, Donald Trump appears. There's are you there's, sorry? There's, there's a broadcast from the American president, and it is Donald Trump. Why? And like, um, <laughs> like I need to watch. This there's there's some sort scene. of world problem happening. I don't want to spoil anything. But he's, it's, I, I seem to remember he's got such a rude attitude. Like, he's just like, all of you are going to die. I don't care. Forget about it. And he's just like, oh, is this really, before yeah. or after he was elected? I, I, I think it's in Inuyashiki. I'm pretty sure it's in Inuyashiki. And it was after he was elected. Okay. I think. Um, from what I remember. And, yeah, Inuyashiki is only like a year old. Okay, yeah. Not that old. I, I just, I find it funny that like in Japan, that's how they see him. I mean, I mean, it's how he is. He's a fucking cunt. But I, I like that in Japan they've seen that and they're like, they see him as this, this completely unpresidential figure who's ridiculous. And, and I really liked that. So just for that, it's interesting. Like, about American things appearing in anime. It works. I mean, it can be done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are... What, there's, like, the whole idea of, you know, I mean, we were talking about, like, Western versus Eastern humor and, like, what we see out of each other's cultures. Um, I don't know that America def- has, like, a a cartoony negative view of Japan, but um, that might be the other way around. But as far as uh, Western stuff appearing in Japan or Japanese media, um, I think that's why I really like FMA and liked shows like Bakano. Uh, which are set in, which have oh, yeah. Western settings, um, like Germany and New York, respectively. And they look good. They look really good in anime. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, again, that, that's coming back to what we were talking about with the whole like escapism of like, oh, this is cool. This is interesting. This is a an animated fantasy version of New York. Uh, that they're running around in. It's also why, like, Attack on Titan's flavor is great because it's this, like, late 19th century German village, but everybody's flying around with swords. It's cool. Mm. It's cool. It's anime is cool. Yeah. Mm. I love it when anime is set somewhere outside of Japan. That yeah, That is, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I love when, I don't mind when it's set in Japan. It's, it's totally cool because I, I love Japan. I like seeing it, but. Oh yeah, obviously I. I, I do well, love yeah. when something's set in it's in completely its own universe, and it's it's completely removed from reality, and like you, you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know what the laws are to this universe. Um, let's say like Made in Abyss, for example, that's one hundred percent a fantasy universe. It isn't based on the real world at all, and that's why like there's so many traditions and customs and laws and logic that exist only in that world, and I think that's so interesting. 
to have something like that that is a complete form of escapism that's entirely detached from reality. Right, yeah, and the the problem with fancy worlds, however, is that you need to build up those worlds. Yeah. <laughs> and half yeah. the time those shows flounder at world building and that that can be a problem. But yeah, exactly. When you do build these compelling worlds like Maiden Abyss, like FMA, like Yojo Senki, Yojo Senki is not, oh, it's, it's basically another world. Like you, you become engrossed just like any piece of media that does good, good world building, whether it's a yeah. book or a TV show, anything. It all requires good world building. And when anime does it in particular, they have that advantage that they can do whatever they want yeah like i said that's the same for books as well i, I just, just keep I mean, that's a media in general yeah one more point i want to make quickly because i just thought of the perfect series that would be good as an anime adaptation uh lord of the rings the reason being is because the original trilogy but especially the hobbit trilogy there are so many poor special effects that just don't hold up uh especially in the hobbit like i think the third one the battle of five armies it's just so heavily CGI'd with so much green screen. Oh, well, And it, yeah. it doesn't look very good. The action's fantastically choreographed, but it just doesn't look very good. Um, and it's a real shame. And I think if that was all animated, it would look fantastic. That issue with, like, poor special effects would be non-existent. And I genuinely think there's a franchise that would be really good as an anime adaptation. I, yeah, I do think... My, my one fear from Lord of the Wings... Lord, Lord of the, the Wings. Wings. Lord of the Wings. Lord of the Wings. With the increasing prominence of CG in anime, especially when it comes to like armies oh God, and yeah. like skeleton monsters and things like that, I would fear that they would resort to that for some of the like the large scale battles. Right, but right. I do agree with you on a more general sense that yeah. like Assu- the assuming more localized they battles. Well, would be I, very great. I think that's why yeah. like Goblin Slayer. Well, I mean, if if the studio that did Goblin Slayer tried a little harder. Um, they could have like a really good and like completely animated series just because it focuses on a small band of characters going up against like large but like large for their group uh like sizes of enemies versus oh Mm -hmm. here's like massive hundreds of people but we're not going to animate every single one so have a bunch of like 3d models that are shuffling around awkwardly um yeah, and I haven't seen the third season of Overlord, but apparently there was some. Uh, oh yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, I saw scenes from that. that. Oh, it's like Berserk bad. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh boy. Is this is this where they lean on CGI too heavily? Yeah. That's- yeah, but we also get it because again, like Kyle said, and hand drawing over a hundred of those little tiny mooks that are gonna just get slaughtered the next scene mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's not a good investment of resources and unless you had all the budget in the world and all the time in the world i totally understand but i do wish they I, put in a little I more effort to if, the cg itself to make it look better if then. the industry is going to change if the anime industry is going to change i want to see workers be given more time and more resources and more budget so they can actually do that as opposed to these kind of difficult time constraints well, and budget they're getting yeah they're getting the opposite of help that's yeah, yeah that's not happening that's, that's what that's what's happening industry. it's getting worse so they're having to resort to lazy cgi which is sad i want the opposite to happen i want things to get better i want workers rights and their time and their resources to get more generous so they have the time to animate these things even if it's harder to do they'll have more time to do it and more money to do it you heard it here um, first, folks. Anime Ichiban is for a free and neutral internet and workers' rights. 
Yes, all positivity. Only anime workers, Happiness. right, specifically. Only anime workers, right. Every, every, every worker, fuck them, fuck them, we don't need them. <laughs> no, I want happiness, I want world peace, but anyways, that's a topic for another time. Uh, let's not get on the head bear, shall we? Yeah, I yeah. think we had a... Re- that, that whole studio thing was a nice little serendipitous surprise. That, that, that got some good, good conversation going on it was very cool and here you're peeking behind the curtain as harry and matt discuss how well the podcast went join us that went next week (laughs) another time when we have doubts whether or not we're actually doing anything that we're going to be proud of (laughs) so let us know in in the comments below and don't forget to subscribe and rate us five stars and and yep so anyways kyle what is your twitter my Twitter is like the rogue. Boom. That's it. And Matt, uh, that's Twitter. What is your Twitter? I'm at Musing Mojack, M U S I N G M O J A C K. And my episodely anime recommendation Ooh. this week will be El Cazador de la Bruja. I'll leave you with that. All right, there, William Shatner. As and, I talked before. And I am <laughs> Harry underscore Morris underscore. And my anime recommendation is Johnny Bravo. It's a good <laughs> show. Don't don't joke about that, you okay, British okay. fuck. Firstly, uh, the joke is Johnny Bravo is not an anime. Secondly, Johnny Bravo is fucking awesome. I am. I oh, okay, good. love Johnny Bravo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it right. is awesome. I'm okay. not knocking Johnny Bravo. I was just okay. taking a piss because it's not an anime. Right. Um, yeah. On, on that final note, Johnny Bravo is fantastic. Um, and thank you for tuning in. All the best. <laughs>